Hi, this is Ron Darling with SNY TV. Um, you know me from covering the Mets, and uh, I hope you get a chance to listen to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. I had a great time. I hope you do, too. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. This is Len and Jeff from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's, what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Hope you all had a good couple of weeks out there. Yes, I know I have been lax in my duties of getting a podcast out. It's um, it's been an, a tough season in uh, some ways for me. It's um, hasn't been as much fun doing a podcast, and I actually thought of uh, perhaps uh, ending it, but I was talked out of that uh, quite quickly. Threatened with bodily harm if I did that by some good, good friends. <laughs> so uh, we won't be ending it, but uh, I, I'm going to be uh, struggling in uh, the next couple of weeks and, and going to have to come up with some sort of schedule and uh, think about revamping or going back to doing some stuff we used to do on the show, maybe for next season get more of the uh, – uh, outside uh, other city bloggers to come in and uh, when their team's coming in. Maybe not every week, maybe just a big uh, series and try to get more uh, beat reporters and that sort of thing on So um, to talk about our Mets. But let's talk about our Mets. It's been a crazy year. It has been so up and down. Uh, as one friend told me, Jeff from Long Island said just when he thought, they were out. They pulled me back in, and that's what they've been doing. They were out of the race, in the race, uh, on the side of the race. They were in all over the place. They lose two out of three to Philadelphia, drop out of the race, then sweep Arizona, who had gotten back into the wild card hunt, and the Mets swept them and got back into the race. Then they lose two out of three to L.A., uh, and, um, uh, you know, not the best. Uh, last night was just real, real tough to watch. Great effort by uh, Zach Wheeler, but the offense stalled, and the bullpen once again betrayed them. And uh, that's been the story a lot of the season. I believe that this this team has the core. 
it has the uh, ability to play with the big boys. The problem is when they get late in the game that uh, they struggle. The bullpen is awful. Now, I know every team in the league, ha- everybody has bullpen problems. But this is definitely the worst team baseball bullpen in, in baseball. And it it really hurts them from competing on that next level. They're getting the starting pitch, and starting pitching is doing their job. Now, Syndergaard stumbled a little, uh, but he did pitch to Ramos, and we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the show. Uh, on Friday night, and uh, DeGrom was DeGrom. He was just spectacular, and again, did not get a... Uh, uh, a win or a loss got a no decision because they scored after he came out of the game. But that was an awesome game on Saturday night. Sunday night, uh, again, Wheeler was terrific. Uh, the offense kind of let him down. They got two runs, not a lot, and then the bullpen just coughed it right up. Wilson comes in, he walks a guy, hits a guy, he gets a walk, bam, 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 uh, Chris Taylor doubles, and the game is tied, and then it just went from there. Lugo gives up a hit, and the winning run comes across. So uh, a tough weekend, and now they're back to four out. And uh, the Cubs are playing good, have an easy schedule the rest of the way. There are uh, three games behind Milwaukee, uh, who is one game behind the Cubbies. So... uh, I don't know if Milwaukee and the Cubs are playing head-to-head. That could help if the Mets can win. They're going to Colorado. They're going to Cincinnati. And then they're coming home and they're playing. uh, The Marlins are in there. And the Braves are in there. And there's another team that is not registering with me right now. And um, so we'll see as they go on. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's been a crazy year, crazy up and down season, and it's getting near the end. We've only got 13 games left, so they practically have to win every game. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back to discuss Mickey Calloway, uh, the Thor and uh, Ramos situation, and uh, whatever else we want to just talk about when I come back after this. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. 
It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com, but the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and uh, drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood, and you're listening to Mets Musing. And we're back, and, uh, you know, this week there's been a big controversy about uh, uh, Noah Syndergaard and doesn't want to throw to Wilson Ramos, and they keep sticking Ramos in, and uh, it he's gone to management to request it, and it got out into the public, and um, a lot of people are upset about this. And I can tell you this, that I'm, first off, I'm not that upset about it. And I know people are saying, well, what did Syndergaard do that he deserves to have a personal catcher? It's not exactly that. But here's my argument to that. There is a certain rhythm to the game. There's a certain rhythm a pitcher has. And he falls into a rhythm with a catcher. If he is not on the same page with the catcher, it can create difficulties. If, I mean, this is why a batter will step out on a pitcher if a pitcher is in a good groove and in a good rhythm. You want to break that rhythm. Now, a catcher doesn't want to break the rhythm. He wants to create a rhythm with the pitcher. But it doesn't always happen in personalities, different styles. Um, and this is what is seeming to go on between Syndergaard and Ramos. Now, the thing that angers me about what the organization said, Callaway said he's putting out his best offensive lineup. That's our philosophy. Well, you know, that's not necessarily true. And, and if that is the case, and you're using analytics and then uh, and Van Wagenen practically said the same thing. But but here's the thing. You're telling us about analytics, 
and how you go by analytics. And, and okay, Mickey Calloway, why did you start that guy against that left? Why did you start Joe Panic against that certain left-handed pitcher? Well, he's got great numbers against him. Okay, I buy that. Uh, why did you shift on that batter? Because the numbers show us that he hits the ball to the left side a lot. Okay, I'll buy that. Then why wouldn't you look at one of your pitchers who has a 5.09 ERA with a certain catcher and a 2. what 3.5 or 8.5 with another catcher, why wouldn't you play that catcher that he pitches better to? It's simple analytics. If you want to go by analytics and use this argument, then the argument is that Syndergaard should not be throwing to Ramos. It's not a question of him having a personal catcher. It is what's better for the team. Now, the counter argument is that Ramos is the better offensive threat. But if Syndergaard is pitching better to one catcher and he is shutting down the other team, you can get by with the offense. And if they hit Syndergaard for any particular reason, then you can take Nito out. You also have Rivera there. So you're carrying three catchers now. And the point is he has better numbers with Rivera in his career than he does with Ramos. And it's drastic. It's not a couple of tenths of a run, not even a It's like three runs better. I mean, there is a drastic difference. And I don't understand the Mets' hesitation on this and why. I, I mean, I do to a certain extent. They want to say we don't have personal catches, we can't make choices. And and Van Wagenen has got twenty million or whatever it is tied up in Ramos for two years. So if they admit this, then he's gonna look foolish that another acquisition he made was not working out or or wasn't well liked by everybody or didn't work. I shouldn't say he's well liked. I don't think that it's this is a personal thing. This is purely professional he just prefers throwing to Nito or to uh rivera so go by the numbers that's your excuse you could use that excuse you can go to the press and say well you know his numbers are much better with uh, uh Nito, so that's why we we played Nito uh instead of uh um ramos but see now they've, they've let it leak out and now it looks like he wants a personal catcher. And then every the Nate Sayers are going to say, well, he don't deserve a personal catcher. He's, he hasn't done anything yet. And that's true. But if you st- take it strictly from an analytical point of view, the numbers don't lie. He does not throw well to Ramos for whatever reason. Maybe it's the low balls. Nito's better on a low ball than, than Ramos is. Uh, maybe the, the target's different. It, it, you know, it, you know, and Ramos is no Jerry Grody. I mean, any, anybody, or everybody on that 69 team loved to throw to Jerry Grody. And in, in, in retrospect, I think they, 
they do all love to throw. This this rotation likes to throw to Nito. Because DeGrom was not too happy with Ramos either. But DeGrom is a professional. He's a pitcher. He, he'll find a way to adjust. Syndergaard's not there yet. Syndergaard's a thrower. And it's two completely different animals. Yes, they both go out and they both throw off the mound. But it's it's a psychology. It's a method of pitching that's completely foreign and different to one another. He needs a rhythm. Every pitcher needs a rhythm, but some can create their own rhythm or change the rhythm. Don't think Syndergaard's there. Syndergaard needs a, a rhythm, and he doesn't seem to have it with Ramos. And look at the results. The numbers are there. They're stark. They're frightening. Happened again on Friday night. So, uh, you know, um, and they could have done things like, uh, you know, they played Ramos Wednesday night they, and then rested him Thursday, day game after night game. Okay, I get that. But they could have let him rested Wednesday, played him on Thursday, and then gave him Friday off again and let Nito catch. Uh, I mean, just to, but see, now, now it's like they're stubborn. Now they're digging in the heels. Now they're like, I'm not going to give Syndergaard his catcher. We're going to play Ramos because he's the offensive threat and he's going to give us a better chance of scoring runs. And, and that's, that's true though. Nito's got a couple of big hit. Oh, excuse me. Big hits. So, I mean, we'll see how that's going to play out over the course of the offseason and everything else. Um, you know, Ramos has gotten a little cold now, so maybe he's not. The, he's still an offensive threat. I get it. But maybe it's not the, the same as it was a few weeks ago. But we're coming down to 13 games. I don't see any problem with having Nito catch Syndergaard and put him in a better place to succeed and you hear managers say that all the time why did you take him out uh with a lead or why did you take him out in that fifth or sixth or seventh inning i took him out because i wanted to build his confidence and give him a chance to be successful and to succeed and build upon that well you could be doing that with uh with Syndergaard, and you're not doing it. All right, Mickey Calloway. Let's discuss Mickey Calloway's future. Does he deserve to come back or not? Well, let's get an opinion, an opinion here from Dennis in Albany. As uh, he called me last week, uh, like Monday after the Philly series and before the Arizona series, so Take that in mind, but his comments are about Mr. Calloway. Gary, Dennis from Albany. Uh, as I said, I went to the game on Sunday against the Phillies, and Calloway just proves to me how stupid he really is. Uh, he walked a 190 hitter to, because he thought that there was nobody warming up in the other team's open, so, you know, he was hoping that that would work. Um, he thought the pitcher was going to bat. What, what, I mean, I don't think Cap was that smart, but I don't think he, I thought Mickey thought he was dumb as he is. It, and then he had a lefty warming up when they put up Harper and he left the righty into walk. Um, you know, the, the more the man does anything or opens his mouth at a press conference, the, uh, where's he even sound? 
the, the dummery sound. Uh, you know, with, uh, what's his name? Has electric stuff. So it's electric stuff and it flies out of the, out of the park too. And Diaz. He's on Diaz with electric stuff. It, it's, it's amazing. And then he refuses to use Diaz now in clutch situations. I mean, he didn't use him on, he let Luco go for two innings and he let Wilson go for an inning and, and a third or something. And then the other day, Sunday, he let Wilson in there and you could see he was laboring. He leaves him in. He gives up a home run to Franco or one of those Phillies, which we don't like. But anyway, it's, it's I don't know. I don't know how this guy has a job. <laughs> I mean, if, if I perform like that in my job, I'd be fired. So I don't know. He, he, he's an idiot. I, I can't take any, any other words. But. Anyway, that's enough of my rant. I know you're going to take a have a take on it, so I'll listen to that, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Thank you, Gary. Talk to you soon. Bye. And thank you, Dennis, for the phone call. Uh, <laughs> you bring up some good points, and, but we've been scratching our heads for two years now. Here's the thing. Is, is Mickey going anywhere? Uh, the team has won 77 games. They won 79 last year. Which means that if they win two more games, they, they, two out of 13, they'll be where they were last year. If they win four out of 13, they'll be at 500. That's an improvement. The question is, if he gets them to win, uh, let's say they go six and seven the rest of the way, that brings them to 83 wins, um, 79 losses. That's an improvement. Do you fire a manager after his argument can be the team improved under me? And look, if if they could have won 90 games if they had a decent bullpen. Now you could say he's a pitching guru. He should have been able to fix the bullpen. But I don't think anybody expected this big of a disaster out of the people that were acquired by Brody Van Wagenen. On the other hand, Callaway is not a Brody Van Wagenen guy. So could Van Wagenen <clears throat> step in and fire him and, uh, you know, bring his own guy in to manage? I don't know if the Will Pawns would go for that, to be honest. So I am going to say. I don't think so. I, I think Callaway will be back next year. This team's got shown improvement over last year, uh, even if he hasn't. <laughs> but the team has. And I think uh, I really feel that they will bring him back. He may be on a very short leash next season. But I, I just I don't know how you – Justify may not be the word, but I, I don't know how you can have a team improve and then fire the manager. It's possible. But with a year left on his contract, I don't see that happening. If, if his contract was up, I could see them not bringing him back. But with a year left on his contract, uh, I can't see letting him go after the team improves and has more wins this year. And again, they have a chance. I mean, they could, they could win 13 in a row and, um, you know, get to uh, 90 wins. I doubt that. 
but they could legitimately get to 83 wins, 83, 80, even 84. I mean, uh, that's pushing it, I think. But uh, I, I think they're going to get to 581 wins at least and plus. So how do you, you know, he brought them to 500 um, with a whacked out bullpen. I mean, you know, that bullpen, uh, I don't know how many blown saves. I, how many did Diaz have? 15 or something? Or is that the total bullpen? I, I don't know. But if, if, if they just, or he just, you know, won half of those games, that's another seven games right there. They're at, they're at 84 now. They would be with 13 left. So. I don't know. It's it's just uh, I don't see them willing to uh, spend the money to pay him off for next year and then to hire another manager and have to play two managers. It's not the Wilpons way, and I can't see them doing it. All right, let's take one more break and come back after this. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shopdaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. It always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Baseball and BBQ, your b- place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And one thing I do want to mention before I forget, the the great Rich Baxter is back. He's doing his Phillies talk, so you, uh, if you like to keep up on the NL East or uh, you're that... Uh, interested in that go check out philly's talk uh, the podcast from the great rich baxter so go check him out all right it's time to go down on the farm <coughs> and congratulations this was an exciting thing and i wanted to lead with this but there was so many other stuff congratulations to the brooklyn cyclones they are the 2019 new york Penn league champions what an exciting run, uh, exciting season. Edgardo Alfonso did a terrific job. They had some great young players there. Uh, watch this kid, Wilmer Reyes, uh, my favorite because of his crazy name, Antoine Duplantis, um, the Jake Magnum, a couple other guys they drafted this year. They look really good. Uh, Matt Allen, watch him. He's going to be a, a good one, I think. Um, just a bunch of uh, uh, good young players there, and they put it all together, defeated the Lowell Spinners in a close one. Boy, it came down to it. And uh, very exciting three-game series in the finals after they defeated uh, the uh, Hudson Valley Renegades to get into the finals, beat them in three games as well. So they went the full limit. Uh, but the Cyclones came home with the champions at Chips and uh, uh, three cheers to the uh, Brooklyn Cyclones and congratulations on a terrific year. Just great. It was so exciting. Uh, 
They broadcast the games. The home games are broadcast on Facebook this year, and that was terrific. That worked out great. Um, the road games you still don't get to see. You can you can get them on the radio, uh, on uh, their website, on Mixler. But the the home games on uh, Facebook were terrific. And uh, if you have the MILB package, you can get some of the away games in the Penn League. I think Aberdeen broadcasts their home games and uh, West Virginia, I believe, Hudson Valley, and there's somebody else, I believe, that does it. But uh, uh, what a great season, and congratulations to Edgardo Alfonso and the Brooklyn Cyclones. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it, and I want to thank you all for listening, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. That helps me grow the show and expand to new listeners. And until next time, look, we got 13 games left. Still got an outside chat. It's going to be tight, but uh, you know, let's let's push for as many wins as possible so remember to keep the faith stay optimistic and let's go Mets and I'll talk to you next time on another edition of Mets Music